Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Mary Bowling, it is such a delight to see Hi. you. Hi. Seeing you. Do we, do we have 20 minutes for this? <laughs> easily, easily. There is so much to unpack with Sheepdog. Um, I mean, there's mullets. There's um, Wendy. Um, <gasps> I, I just, yeah, I'm very excited to be unpacking this one with you today or shearing this one with you. I'm here to shear it with you. <laughs> let's, let's start with some clipping and see how yeah. we go. <laughs> no, no. Louie, that's a bit loud, honey. Sorry. No, no. Oh, who's there, hun? Potato. Louie, too loud. Potato who? Have you seen the most uh, trending on TikTok at the moment? It's just really? bizarre. Yeah. Like Bluey saying inside. Oh, yeah. no. It was yeah. only a matter of time. I know. <laughs> it's so good. I anyway. had not seen that, however. Uh, that makes me so happy. Hmm. Yeah. I've saw like um, I follow these American dancers and one of them the other day was doing like Bluey inside voice but she was talking about something else. I don't even know what it was. Going to Fashion Week in New York or something. Oh, oh TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never understand. No, I don't understand it either but it's so – such a time suck. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, Look, from in, yeah, inside voice, recorder, like this episode just starts in such uh, a triggering place oh, in the kitchen. How many times this week have you been chilly? How many times today have you been chilly? Well, I realised watching it, like I was on edge, you know, that that just everything happening at once kind of feeling that always is when you're trying to do things in the kitchen as well and maybe do do three or four things at once. But I've realised recently as well, okay, I'm, I'm not the one playing recorder, but I do it to myself yeah. because as soon as I'm doing something in the kitchen, my mind goes into I should be multitasking here. I should put on a podcast, which is great if you're listening to Got To Be Done. Don't turn us off. <laughs> but I realised I introduce half the things that are then distracting me that are then, you know, making it annoying to have to answer the knock-knock joke. <laughs> and if a recorder cuts in, I'm absolutely going to blow my top. So, yeah, there's always so much going on. It's a real... <laughs> Like that point of the day is always just madness, I think, in most people's homes, regardless of whether or not you've got kids. You know, it's after work, you're hungry, it's getting close to witching hour, you know. <gasps> potato drives a car to the potato shop and buys a potato. <laughs> That's a good one, Bingo. Louie! Sorry! I always... Um, feel like there's almost a point in the day where I just reach sensory overload and you know and I don't have yeah like everyone's got a sensory profile I wouldn't say that I've got 
massive sensory dysregulation. But I can get really dysregulated when there's like lots of noise and barking dogs and screaming kids and stuff. And yeah, man, well, props for chili for using the slow cooker. But you know, like the slow cooker goes on in the morning, chili. (laughs) (laughs) Doing it in the afternoon. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to get a sense of how long. Bingo has been throwing out knock-knock jokes and Bluey has been playing recorder in this particular scene as well because we only really get the the absolute, you know, peak of the mountain here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. It is it is afternoon and it's probably been a very long day. <laughs> yeah. Um, watching this, I always feel for Chili because we don't really see her lose it very often. I can only think of, like, Hammer Barn, where she yells at Oh, Bluey, yeah. Like, Off camera. Just, <laughs> we don't actually see him. it. Yeah, it could have been the Bluey, Kate. could have been some other Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't actually think of many other episodes where she's just, uh, like, I think you know, sticky gecko-esque oh. uh, moments in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Is yeah, I think she might to see it. a parent do that, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just... This, I think Bingo, Bingo and Bluey, when they first came on the scene, everyone was looking at Bandit and Chili like they were some perfect level of parenting that we all needed to aspire to. I still think that holds true, but I do feel like we're seeing a much more human side of them in probably seasons two and three that just, you know, they don't always get it right. <sighs> well, I've feel like this scene and all the stress that's in it uh, definitely taps into my blowing the top point as well in a very human moment where so Chili's been obviously riding this uh, sensory overload, as you say, for quite a while. Bandit walks in and Bingo's eyebrows when she sees Dad alone. (laughs) The moment is amazing. Like, and he's been off, you know, having (laughs) – it's getting a haircut me time. It is in my world. <laughs> Completely is me time. <laughs> Especially one as, uh, you know, obviously super styled as this one. Like, do you feel like this might have been a, a, a double appointment haircut that's well, happened to Bandit? We talked about the di- what is it, the diamond special or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah, yes, which yeah. is uh, the, the fancy version of the mullet where it's a bit, sort of short at the sides as well as oh. just sh- long at the back and short at the front. Um, very popular in my part of the world. Is? And you've got a mullet. She said they were back in. Oh, good question. I feel, I feel like, like we've like... gone here before on the, on the podcast, but maybe we should like, yeah, I don't know if you, you got me onto the podcast decodering a very long time ago and um, they actually did an episode on the mullet and they actually credited um, the Australian Street Machine Automotive Magazine with the very first published description of the term what? mullet in 1992. Yeah, it was quite amazing because I think the word mullet's in like a Beastie Boys song as well. And some people think that that's sort of how it came about. But um, Dakota Ring discovered that the ma- magazine had, um, yeah, um, had this reference to it so um yeah uh, I was listening to the episode the other day just to sort of get the history so yeah I think it's sort of an Australian wow. thing but okay. it's like um men 
particularly who wear their hair sort of long at the back and then it's cut short at the sides and over the forehead. So um, I'm getting a lot of hand movement here as Kate describes this, <laughs> which is definitely helping me, but I feel like no, it's sort of like business sort of style cut in the front and then like from the back it's just like long and luscious. Yeah, totally. Very you're, you're aiming 80s. for luscious, but let's face it, quite often it's stringy. So yeah. It's so funny because it was so just everywhere when we were kids in the eighties and men and women. But and then it I was feel like denounced for a long time. Oh, like yes. Mullet, like if you had a mullet in the 90s, early 2000s, even 2010, it was like, who are you and what are you doing? <laughs> like, But to me, even though there were mullets all around me in the 80s, just Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, American <laughs> singer, Aki Breaky Heart, was kind of just the, the ultimate mullet of the time. So I'd assumed it was American. Did uh, Dakota Ring go into Aki Breaky Heart? Um. Oh, I I've don't if they didn't. That bit. I just that's just really listened that's... to the start, but they definitely went through like lots of different popular culture things, and even like mullets in antiquity, like sort of talking about how. Oh, um, okay. You know, like yeah, different cultures around the world and how they may have um talked about hair having you know sort of longer in the back and then short over the okay. forehead. I like so, it. Yep. Yeah, I feel like a mullet is a sort of – I don't know what the reference to a fish – like because a mullet is a type of fish, so I'm not sure how that sort of weaves in. But <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah. Uh, look, I guess it's kind of – well, if a mullet had hair, it would probably be long. I'd, yeah, no, I've got nothing. Um, no, I've got nothing. We have we'll spent a long time sense. describing – a mullet, but actually Bandit nails it, explaining it to Bingo. <laughs> Did we do something wrong? And what's a mullet? No, you didn't. And it's a type of haircut that cool people are starting to get again. That cool people have. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is a haircut that cool people have. I think I think when the COVID response hit, the mullet really took off because hairdressers were closed and a lot of people like let their hair grow wild and woolly and then because it was annoying them, they got the clippers out and gave themselves mullets. Yes. And um, in particular, the AFL, um, so the Australian Rules Football League, mm-hmm. um, they were all isolating together in like this resort in the Gold Coast <laughs> um, so that they had their own little contained sort of COVID village, if you like, um, so that they could play games. And um, a few of them all got mullets at the same time. You can imagine bored around the pool just shaving their head. And from a few of them just yeah. shaving their head. Yeah, yeah. From from that moment, the mullet just took off. I see young children wearing mullets now and it's I, I don't know whether to be proud or in awe or just like <laughs> disgusted. It's, it's it's a really complicated emotion. Ha, nice mullet bandit. <laughs> Look, Wendy has got her work cut out for her. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> um, so funny. Look, we know that this scene is obviously, uh, yeah, Bandit, you know, Bandit is is trying something different and he has to, I think it's, it sets up the episode well, that he's going to have to try something very different to cope with this new and challenging situation that Chili's tapped out. <laughs> You get the feeling that this doesn't happen that often, maybe, Kate, because 
he's not bringing much to the table initially with the can can. I'm just going to see if she's okay. Well, hey, hey, no, don't do that. Stay here. You can um watch me do the can can. Hey, I'm going to see mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Full props because as soon as she's like, I just need 20 minutes where no one talks to him, he's like, yep, sure, okay, oh, yeah, go. Okay. You know, yeah. like that is always the correct response. <laughs> so <laughs> totally. to when your spouse is like, I just need 20 minutes. So, uh, um, yes. So, yeah, look, he's he's doing the right thing but not quite sure how to do it and just the dynamic in this <laughs> first uh, Bandit Runs distraction scene is just a joy. I think it's one of uh, my favourite uh, gifts uh, from the Bluey verse. The <laughs> bandit doing the can can and Bluey just rolling her eyes so far back into her head. <laughs> Whereas a bless Bingo, delighted as always. Uh, look for a long dog in the scene as well, which probably means a bit important. Um, yeah, we should be paying attention to lots of things in this scene. But, yeah, it's hard to look beyond Bluey's eye roll, to be honest. <laughs> uh, just six going on 16. <laughs> well, one thing that didn't escape my attention was that they used, again, Offenbach's um, Infernal Galop, the music yes. um, that we see in shops in this little can-can moment. I mean, there really is only one can-can song, I think. So. <laughs> You know, if you're going to go out, go there, you may as well go for the OG. I wonder, where did it take you when the real, uh, the real crux of this episode hits, Kate, that Bandit is asking the question. Wait, isn't there some sort of game that you always want to play that I can't stand? Yes. Well, to be honest, I went a bit meta for a moment because, you know, when they finally announced, like, sheepdogs, so excited, I was like, let's just take a step back here. Um, you yeah. know, like, you know, like, how does a sheepdog fit into the Bluey universe? Is it a dog that is doing the duty of a sheepdog? So that's like their yes. job, like bandits, a paleontologist, archaeologist. <laughs> Um, archaeologist archaeologist yes Um, you know like so is it an actual dog peer is it a dog subservient to like (laughs) we don't jump on sheep Mackenzie like that you know the universe has gone there that a sheep dog you know kind of does exist (laughs) and it's Mackenzie but uh yeah no the question is answered Probably what's the parenting lesson we can all learn? It's like don't put yourself forward for a game when you're not quite sure what the outcome will be, <laughs> maybe. That is a very good lesson. Um, yeah, look, I, I was just shocked with the answer. Like there are still more games in the girl's head <laughs> that we haven't met yet. But, yeah, uh, love it when a, a new game is just thrown out so so confidently like, oh, yeah, we've all heard of this one. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, how have these girls got this much time to be playing games that we in the Bluey viewing world have still never heard of? What, for real life? Oh, hang on. What is it again? Sheepdog! Oh, that's right. The twist for me was when, like, the sheepdog is actually a dog pretending to be a sheep. So, yeah. Makes me so happy. And, yeah, look, I I feel bandit for that. Being a sheep... 
I, I don't think I could stand that either. Like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at your big fluffy coat. Ooh, let's put a ribbon in his hair. Ooh, yeah. Where are the ribbons? Yeah, we haven't had to play sheepdog since this episode aired, but um, ah. you know, we do a lot of like um other animals in our house. So like lions often get a, a run. Mm-hmm. Um. Dogs have been popular recently because we have a seven-month-old Groodle. Um, no doubt dog games got a lot more popular when River Yes, yeah. We've been playing dog games ever since River, but I've turned it into life hack dog game that Cass just, you know, will sit at the table, be eating dinner for about 10 minutes before he kind of will just go AWOL from his chair. <laughs> and once he's, you know, hit the floor no longer eating, no longer interested. I'm like, is there a dog under the table and hold, you know, his risol or whatever <laughs> down <laughs> under the table and the dog, uh, Caspian, will come up and eat it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's really. That is genius. I am no, totally going to be doing that from now on. It's backfired. He definitely, ever since we've played this game, he's uh, disappeared from his chair earlier and earlier into dinner. <laughs> but uh, the tail wags the dog. But, yeah, look, you know, it's. It's it's getting the job done. <laughs> it's got to be done, Mary. It's got to uh, be done. But, yeah, look, love an animal game. Um, sheep, probably not the most exciting of animals, but if anyone can take it to exciting places, like a trampoline, bandit oh healer. God, sheep on a trampoline. <laughs> like how much fun do you reckon the animators had? Uh, it did give me very asparagus vibes, you know, with like the chaos that a different animal can cause. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, thought that was particularly clever how they had him on the trampoline and just, yeah. Uh, it's just got Hollywood written all over it, doesn't it? Like from snakes on a plane to sheep on a trampoline. Like there's just so <laughs> much going on there. It's <laughs> a level of horror that um, cannot be unseen. Um, Mary, do you love this episode because of its special guest? Because, you know, <gasps> the doorbell rings and in walks. Hi, how would you like to save $200 a year on your energy bill? <laughs> Darren Hamlin. Uh, yes. Look, I must admit, the first time I watched this episode, I didn't even clock. Uh, it was uh, Gimpy's finest export and Australia's preeminent, adorable folk pop singer-songwriter. Um but, yeah, I did know that I was looking out for Darren Hanlon this season. I think Joe Brum even told us before season three dropped that that was one of the special guests he really wanted to get. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to my chat earlier this season with Darren Hanlon, uh, yeah, look, I'm still fangirling out about that. Kate's <laughs> just, like, shaking her head like, yes, we know Mary. <laughs> I love that you love this and you're getting joy, you know, like, yeah. Um, I am getting joy. So much, uh, I learned so much in in that chat with Darren because um, I was able to stand up the, I think I'd heard Joe Brum say it as well, that Darren Hanlon's gorgeous kind of storytelling folk songs, um, of which there are many, were the kind of bed songs for early episode animatics that they used to kind of capture an emotion uh, before Joff Bush came in and actually made the original music. And, man, I would love to see those because, yeah, I have just been the biggest Darren Hanlon fan for the longest time. Um, And, yeah, look, I must say in this Sheepdog episode, a bit underutilised. 
but he is a very good alternative energy dog. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, is there someone else I could talk to? Would you have bought? Uh, would you have changed your provider if Tara had come to your door? Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but you know, I probably would have wanted him to turn up with a guitar and at least throw a song into the mix. So I don't. Does that happen? Like, I feel like. <laughs> no, I feel like that's more like a Jehovah's Witness or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, that is giving me weird flashbacks to, you know, how Prince is a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Did you ever see the sketch uh, that, uh, what is his name, John Safran did, where oh, yeah. he was in John Safran versus God, and it was like lots of kind of sketch comedy slash philosophy about religion and he dressed up as prince and went door to door as a jehovah's witness but just singing like cream (laughs) and uh people were very confused but see i think that has set the standard for like you know alternative energy dog darren hanlon could turn up and play a song in the bluey verse (laughs) Loving that idea. Um, <sighs> anyway, slightly yeah. off topic for this episode, but yes, very, very happy so, but, to know, see Darren Hanlon. Time. And you know, look, it's yeah. I think it gives me hope for so many more good Queensland voices that are going to be coming in season, rest of season three as well. Yeah. Um, do you have any other favourite indie folk people that you would like <gasps> to see? Look. <laughs> I just want, well, I want more of darling Megan Washington Calypso. Oh, yes. um, but who is the Queenslander who went to Eurovision for Australia and was like on top of the pole and kind of sings? Oh, um, operatic. yeah. Um, opera singer, um, Kate Miller Heidkick. Yes, yeah. I feel like surely, like, yeah, if there was a book running on who might be on Bluey next, I feel like surely Kate Miller Heidkick might pop up, uh, mm. possibly performing dramatically somehow. Um, oh, yeah, she'd be brilliant. Eurovision yeah. style. But yeah, uh, yes, another proud Queenslander. Tell you what, Katie Noonan, like formerly George, oh, Polly they Serena, are Brisbane, aren't they? Yes. It's their 20th anniversary this year. And um, years ago, I saw a little segment of Katie Noonan singing I Can Sing a Rainbow on Play School. Oh. And it was just enchanting. I think, honestly, that woman could sing a phone book and I would listen for hours. So. It is concerning that no one at Ludo has taken our good advice to have Bluey the musical episode yet. Yeah, but... <laughs> surely, well, surely. Kind of went there, but you know, oh, true. Uh, uh, I'll come back another time. We go from there to you know all all of this interference being run by Bandit the Sheep is is to protect Chili and her 20 minutes, which ultimately fails. Bluey makes it up to the door. Uh, I thought this was the most unrealistic moment in this episode, (laughs) possibly more unrealistic than a sheep on a trampoline. Mum, are you in there? Yes, Bluey, I'm in here. I'm sorry for whatever I did to upset you. Uh, Bluey gets to the door and says, Mum, are you in there? And doesn't just barge in. Like, <laughs> has Chili locked the door? I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah, no, that, this is not behaviour that is 
would be coming from my children. <laughs> I am shaking my head in furious agreement with you, Mary. It is, um, yeah, I can't even tell you. I've been working from home for a long time now and uh, if the door isn't locked, like, without <laughs> doubt. Like, they're coming in. They're all the coming in. I'm through on my own most of the time, let alone be able to shut the door and lie in peace for 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Chili, bless her, does emerge for Bluey to ask the tough questions. And look, I think that's a really sweetly done element of this episode that Bluey is so unsettled by the fact that Chili needs 20 minutes. It's interesting that there's a little picture of Bluey as a baby outside of the bedroom door and I don't Mm. know if that's deliberate or not I can't remember seeing that sort of view before but it does sort of huck back to you know I don't know that sort of feeling in baby race where um you know maybe through no fault of their own the child is sort of and the, the parents expectations are out of sync you know yeah yeah um so, yeah, um, I wondered if there was some sort of correlation between, you know, Bluey feeling a bit like, oh, something's not right. I wonder if it's me. Am I upsetting mum? And it's yeah. like, no, it's not, not you. It's just the situation that I'm Yeah, in. yeah. I kind of, like, cute photo. I agree. I don't think we'd seen it before. Um, to me, it was just like, Chili has been, you know, constantly in demand for quite a while now, like six years. She's probably earned that 20 minutes. Oh, yes. (laughs) But, yes, uh, yeah, definitely both things probably. Um, Yeah, and I think Chili Chili explains it well but maybe doesn't fully convince Bluey before the next distraction occurs that, Mm. that, you know, it's not you, it's the situation. But that line sort of um, about, you know, sometimes mums just need 20 minutes. Like I do want to see you, but sometimes mums just need 20 minutes. That really hit for me because it's not something that I probably articulate enough for my kids. Um, I just thought it was a really nice way of um, giving all the mums out there listening a little bit of a break or all the parents out there a bit of a break because sometimes parents just need 20 minutes and it's nothing (laughs) that the kid has done. Totally. And, and, you know, especially when the world in the past couple of years and everything has been overwhelm as well as, you know, the standard overwhelm of family life, I think very kind of a timely episode, but also maybe the most obvious Bluey episode yet. Like oh. the message of this episode is sometimes mum needs 20 minutes and there's no extra dimension. There's no, but what are they really trying to say? Like mm. really all they're trying to say is sometimes mums need 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm so fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to see you, but it can be hard work looking after kids. Sometimes mums just need 20 minutes. I don't understand. You will one day, sweetheart. Um, let's move on to Wendy because Mary, I am so excited for the adventure we are about to go on with Wendy from next door. (laughs) What's going on? Wendy, go, go, go! 
Okay, so yeah, look at mum's door and what gets her sprinting off questions unanswered um, is, yeah, the, the screams of Wendy who is having her nighty shoes. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, it's shades of Lucky's dad being attacked in the oh, yeah. on this one for me. Like, yeah, but she's squirting him with the water bottle. So clearly, like, you know, she's. this is not the first rodeo she has seen from the healers. Give and take, definitely. And, yeah, I think she's got better defences than Lucky's dad possibly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, I love that she's in her fitness gear, very sort of postman, the floor is lava, and shades of what's to come um, in, uh, oh, I forgot what that episode's called. Um, Ragdoll. Ragdoll, yes, as well. Uh, so, yeah, she's starring all through season three. Um, but I wonder, like, you know, even though she's squirting back and the girls are obviously very stressed about how Wendy is going to take this. <laughs> They're like, sheepy, no! <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I love the, percep- the perception the girls have of Wendy as kind of the the big bad neighbour that yeah. she's uh, maybe successfully dismantling this season just a little bit. <laughs> oh, there is so much personal growth. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Um, uh, we have a new voice for Wendy as well. Um, yes. In Emily Tah- Tahi, I want to say. Uh, Tahini, Tahini maybe. Tahini. Or, mm, good question. It's From definitely Emily when nailing that. That is hell. <laughs> I love this girl. Uh, for anyone, well, outside of Australia, you wouldn't know what Mad as Hell is either. But it's a, um, it's a great kind of a Satirical political satire news, news yeah, a, a mock news show on ABC that kind of uh, takes apart the week's news with just an array of ridiculous characters, kind of mocking the standard people you see in the news every week. Um, and yeah, I feel like Emily has. So many of the best characters, uh, including I couldn't even name my best. Do you? Is this? Do you watch Matters? I Hell? don't watch okay. Matters. Hell. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'm failing then. Talking up just how good she is, uh, but yeah, if you're in Australia and you haven't watched it, give it a try just to spot her characters and just be wowed. It's a lot of um, like very wig and makeup type of characters. Uh, she plays. A very, a very enthusiastic. You know how news programs will cross to the girl in the chopper, like describe, yeah. oh, like uh, get down to Hammer Barn for cheap hammers. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she plays one of those characters, just off the chart, enthusiastic and f- flat toned and hilarious, and um, <laughs> yeah, not very Wendy ish. But yeah, I think I think what I'm trying to say is the girl has range, and yeah. Uh, Definitely, I think Wendy is my new favourite range for her as well. And apparently her sister is comedian Fiona O'Loughlin. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so very funny family, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Some serious chops there. Drop it! Drop it! Drop it! You are a very cheeky sheep. 
I am loving the attitude that's uh, seeping out of Wendy's paws with, um, you know, you are a very cheeky sheep. Like, <laughs> it is just buying into that level because we've always sort of compared her character to like a hyacinth bouquet or, um, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of that posh but sort of stern lady next door. And it's just the perfect, I'm going to call it, Mary, this is my favourite line of the episode. Like, that will not happen oh, twice. It's just, just perfection. There's so much intent. And, <gasps> um, yeah, just I would not I would not want to fight her. <laughs> you can see <laughs> bandits really weighing it up too, like how much how much um, this. <laughs> yeah. But look, is it is it? commitment to the sheep character that he does uh head butter in the butt <laughs> oh my gosh or is um yeah is he just he just loves that wendy reaction doesn't he like you know <laughs> i can whack my butt Maybe yeah definitely desperate times and desperate measures well it's definitely working whatever it is so <laughs> but stick with it bandit um yeah like even that moment the sort of uh standoff like spaghetti western music like it's just yeah such yeah such a highlight movement but I agree that line is brilliant um we also get some like history of Wendy a bit of character building and that we know her uh granddad was a shearer Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which is so uh, like a bit like Lucky's dad came from a farm but grew sorghum. Like it kind of just, yeah. Well, there's a lot of farm kids yeah. in the neighbourhood, isn't it? Because Chili, obviously, Pat. Yes. And yeah. Wendy. So. Oh, man, who's left in the country? The poor. <laughs> um, yeah, so quite. Uh, and a Shearer, like I wonder if that needs even more explanation, explanationing, explaining than uh, than a mullet, um, because well, you find out in the course of the episode what a Shearer does. But yeah, in Australia, a she- like when uh, sheep and wool was kind of one of our biggest industries, uh, getting the wool off the sheep, obviously a really big job. And so yeah, Shearers uh, was like a huge. Uh, job in Australia. There were thousands upon thousands of shearers who would shear all the sheep. Have you ever been in a shearing shed, Kate? No, but my my husband, Tim, um, one of his very first paid jobs apparently was no. um, working in a, sh- a sheep shed. Um, really? Like- yeah, he and his um, three older brothers uh Apparently they were given like fifty bucks and it got divided by age or something, which to me just seems relentlessly unfair. But um, yeah, he was saying he he had to throw the fleeces I think over a table. So um, it's like shearing sheep. There's some iconic um, Australian paintings and things about yeah you know, in the wool sheds and um, yeah, there's the giant. Jumbuck, I think, or something somewhere. Yeah, the big, big marina, marina the yes. big marina in Goulburn in New South Wales. Yeah, um, there is a classic song which I was kind of disappointed didn't get a shout out in this one actually. But click go the shears. Yes, if yeah. Lucky's dad had been in this episode, he definitely would have been singing click go the shears. We know Absolutely. he loves kind of an old Aussie ballad. Um, 
I don't know if it's a ballad, a jaunty show tune. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say it's an Aussie ballad. Like yeah, it's, it's like a classic that you learn in primary school. You yes. Know, for no particular reason because, you know, the odds of us all becoming shearers now are pretty low. Although your grandchildren will now be saying, my dad was a shearer. Uh, my granddad was a shearer based on Tim's experience, I'm sure. <laughs> That's true. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think he was shearing. I think he no, was but, you know, like, but, you know, time, time embellishes all story <laughs> it's on the podcast now well next time their neighbor has a mullet uh, i'll let you know <laughs> so amazing on the clippers I'll tell you what i did a few lockdown haircuts and i can definitely i, I tim looked like beaker from the muppets it was, it was a bad look it just you know like, oh, yeah, oh, do so not funny. let me near let's just say ultimate weapon of mass distraction and um, the fact that he has successfully corralled the girls into the point where now they just need 20 minutes of playtime yes. is um, is an act of genius, I think. It's, it's pretty good. Um, and, yeah, the fact that Wendy so willingly helps uh, them get 20 minutes uh, is – yeah, such a good neighbour. He doesn't want you to yell to mum. Why not? Because mum says, I just need 20 minutes when no one says anything to me. Then she went to her bedroom and closed the door. Oh, I see. And this sheep has been making sure no one bothers her. Um, but the the moment, I think it's my... it's my line of the episode after all Bluey's kind of angsting about you know, why her mum didn't want to care for her anymore, her coming to the realisation that she just needs 20 minutes and looking after a sheep is hard work. Uh, yeah, I thought that was just so beautifully done but then very light touch as well as then she sprints off upstairs to play with Judo <laughs> the marble mm. run. Don't worry, sheepy. We still love you. It's just it's hard work looking after you. They just need 20 minutes. Yeah. Bye. It was really nice, actually, because we saw in Sticky Gecko the anxiety that Blue was feeling about seeing Judo in the park, and then there Mm -hmm. was zero hesitation about going up and playing. So glad to see relationships have thawed a little bit there. (laughs) Despite Um, the occasional headbutt. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, you can really see that moment as well for Bluey of realisation where she's like, oh, it doesn't mean that my mum doesn't, like she's putting it together that yeah, she, what she's saying to her dad it must be how her mum's feeling about her, doesn't love her any less. It's just that she just needs a little break because it's hard work. And you can see it really hitting home for her in that moment, which is nice. Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably so my Renee good. Brown moment, actually, that little yeah. bit where it's so, like, just really light touch, but you really see that that beat where Bluey's actually, it's sort of realising, oh, this is what mum was trying to teach me all along. Yeah, and, and yeah, you actually have to live it to appreciate it sometimes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, okay, so, look, everything's going swimmingly, uh, the Chili um, emerges. <laughs> uh, and it's like emerging into a post-apocalyptic wasteland, like from all that chaos, where 
where is her children and the sheep? Um, I love her confusion and that she's got to actually go out on the balcony to sort of take in the lie of the land. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, on that balcony, another little long dog to spot, uh, mm. maybe even a, a dog in sheep, a long dog in sheep's clothing. Um, mm. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Chili kind of raising an eyebrow to Wendy even having seen all this weirdness play out, just her effort to make it seem so normal is <laughs> kind of like, yes, that is what you want from a neighbour uh, slash uh, shearer of husbands. <laughs> Where's your dad? <laughs> oh, pipe down, you big sook. I just, I was feeling for Bandit in this moment, but then I was also like, well, he's not stopping her. Like, if you just paid quite a bit of money for a fancy haircut, like, he must have had a haircut regret, you think, to, to let her go through with um, shearing it off. Do you think he was given no option? Like, what, what's the No, what's the uh, look, I, I, think, I think it's... Uh, you know, he consented in sheep language or bars. <laughs> um, I've realised I've said if Lucky's dad was in this episode, he is in this episode and his one line was, nice mullet, Bandit. So, yeah, I think <laughs> that was probably enough for M- Bandit to have mullet regret as well. So, yeah, you know, uh, I think he's he's had enough of the mullet by the time Wendy's uh, taking care of it for Chili. <laughs> Um, do we think Wendy's a hairdresser? No. Oh, she seems very handy with a pair of clippers, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And definitely um, as we see in Dirt, um, in the future, the latest episode drop, um, very, very concerned about being well coiffed. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do hairdressers have as much time as Wendy does to work out? <laughs> <laughs> don't know probably mm. not probably spend yeah. all day on their feet and then can't be bothered doing pilates at the end of it maybe they do i don't know i'm not a hairdresser but. Uh, uh but yeah look plausible uh she definitely seems to know what she's doing um but yeah if you were a hairdresser do you think your your big claim to fame would be my granddad was a shearer <laughs> <laughs> could put off the clients <laughs> Yeah, it might be, might be a bit of a rough cut, that's for oh. sure. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Um, let's talk music in this episode, yes. Mary, because I absolutely love it. And we've got two um, sort of themes um, going throughout the episode, which work so beautifully together. The first um, is sort of introduced every time... Um, we get the suggestion of playing sheepdog or playing with kids um, and then it goes full pelt when um, the sheepdog game starts in earnest. And I'm going to call that like our farm sound sort of, um, I don't know, jig maybe yeah, I don't know yeah. it's sort of like a reel or a jig or just it's got um a lot of um really sort of folksy kind of instrumentation as well it's got like some tin whistle it's got the plucking of banjos yes. piano harmonica bluegrass sort of these traditional bush instruments 
Um, and then that sort of gets um, some lovely punctuation marks from things like, you know, a soul tin whistle, for example, when there's yeah. a really high stakes moment or, um, you know, I'm thinking of like that will not happen twice as that <laughs> tin whistle again that you were talking about um, that really shows the seriousness of the threat and that's beginning yes. Western over vibes. That will not happen twice. There's another theme though that does run throughout and it's um it's a much calmer sort of um uh, guitar based sort of theme. Um Pluto Jones uh contributed to this app as well. Yeah. Which is, um uh, or Lachlan Nicholson, I think he's credited in the thing, but he's um, known as Pluto Jones. And, um, you know, so, yeah, there was like the sheepdog theme, if you like, and then there's like almost this reassuring um, guitar-based sort of calm track. Mm-hmm. And um, the reassuring theme sort of hammers everything home. And um, Joff Bush actually talks about it on Instagram. He's gone through every episode and actually oh, shared his music best. Yeah, and he was saying, you know, the sheepdog theme was very much in the game from the kid's perspective and then this reassuring theme which hammers home, everything's okay, mum just needs a break, mm-hmm. um, you know, comes through so that when you get that last sort of scene, you really do get that sense because we've had little snippets of it throughout. It just really brings it all home that everything's okay, mum just needed that little break. All good here, just sorting out this mullet. <laughs> Oh, thanks. You go relax. I'll pop him over the fence when he's done. Um, okay. Thanks, Wendy. See you, Mum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it was a predictable but catchy fun hook. We all need <laughs> 20 minutes sometimes. Um, yeah, and he sort of um, described the sheepdog theme as a bit like a hoedown or chase tune. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely hear that, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, Who was your most valuable player for the episode, Mary? Oh, look, I think as great as Wendy is and all the character development and all the redemption arc, uh, I think it's Sheep Bandit. He just <laughs> – the commitment to giving Chili 20 minutes, you can't fault it. Oh, see, I'm going to go with Chili because, um, oh. you know, like she's clearly been holding the fort for far too long and needs a break. Um, and I feel even though she got interrupted, she really took her time to explain it beautifully. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll give it to Chili. <laughs> but, but Wendy is a very close MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh-uh. Yeah. And we've already heard your line of the episode Kate, yeah. did you uh, did you have I, a firm I, one? I loved that one as well, but um, I thought in the context of the game, Bluey's just outraged that hey, sheep can't walk. <laughs> it was just <laughs> really captured the the madness of this episode, and I loved that too. Um, I love that yes. you go for like the the line that captures sort of the essence <laughs> of the episode, where I'm like, what's the line I will use most in my day to day life? <laughs> that I will not happen to talk about the fact that sheep can't walk. But no, that is a very yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, almost too real. Um, 
I think we're there. Yeah. Is there any mailbag or anything this Look, week? Look, I would love to run you through a couple we know that nows. Oh, um, yes. One uh, talking about character voices when we did Curry Quest, uh, talked a lot about um, amazing uh, mum of um, Mackenzie, who was a new character. But I said, oh, and, you know, Mackenzie's dad, whoever he is, uh, of course, it's Rich Jeffrey, who is Bluey, oh, director from Rich New Zealand. Hell. Yeah, uh, which is why we have this beautiful family of New Zealanders in Bluey, because uh, Rich is from New Zealand and obviously crucial to the creation of Bluey, as well as uh, being Mackenzie's dad. So, hi, Rich. Oh. Apologies. <laughs> That's a big we know that now. Um, but also one from Mini Bluey. Um, which uh, actually, no, it's not, a, we know that now, call this mailbag. Uh, it's mailbag <laughs> from my lovely sister Fran who runs a Bluey Memes account on Instagram. Yes. If you want to follow Bluey Memes 419, like 419, the healer's number plate, um, lots of fun to be had following that. But um, when we were talking about uh, Mini Bluey and whinging and whether whinging is a universal kind of concept uh Fran said to me she'd seen on a lot of the meme conversations Americans asking what is this whinge like do they mean wine and someone actually jumped in and said oh I think that's actually how they spell wine in Australia (laughs) (laughs) so I thought probably we needed to clarify that that yeah no whinge which is Definitely having different. A is definitely a thing. It is definitely it's, it's a thing. It's like having a cry or a, a moan yeah, or it, a um, complaint. It is the same as a whine, but no, the G is not silent. The G <laughs> is definitely a different word. Yeah. It's basically um, just having a big complaining session about someone though, right? Or like yes. sometimes it's also used as like a low-key insult. It's like, oh, go ahead then, have a whinge, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's like pull your socks up and move on, buddy. So... Exactly. Um, yeah. Any we know that now is with you, Kate? Um, there is one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll draw it out. I was like, do I save this for another episode? No, I'll bring no, it out. Throw um, it in there. So we, when we interviewed Joe Brum, he talked about how he was a massive fan of the D generation. And yes. um, we were recently re-watching some clips from D-Gen and um, there was a, a, a TV show that they um, they pulled clips from in – so D-Gen was a show in like the early 90s mm-hmm. um, with some of like up-and-coming Australian co- comedy stars. And um, in one segment of this show, they um, pulled like an old drama from like the 70s, 80s, and they yep. dubbed it over. So it was just hilarious. And they call it was a, like a cop show um, set uh-huh. around Port Melbourne, and they called it Barjas. But the real life TV show name was Bluey. <laughs> so I just thought, <laughs> like, I did get there. Um, okay. But yeah, I just thought that's quite an interesting connection that, you know, the Bluey. TV show was then in DGen, which then Joe Brum was watching, and then he's inspired to make a show called Bluey. So you know, it's like a nice symmetry. Um, not a cop show, but you know, like yeah, so good. Yeah, no, it's an excellent. We know that now. Nice. Yeah. One. <laughs> 
anyway, we're putting it all together in a big jigsaw puzzle and one day we will make a beautiful hairstyle out of it. That's what it all means. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Uh, Kate, thank you for always telling us what it all means. Uh, You can tell us what it all means if you want to jump on our socials. We're at BlueyPod on Insta, at BlueyPodcast on Twitter or just got to be done, the Bluey Podcast on Facebook or you could email us and say hi. It's blueypod at gmail.com. Uh, Kate, it's been much longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> but always a pleasure, so, Mary So Bowling. good. Uh, yeah. I'll talk to you next week. But in the meantime, it's, it's got to be, be done. Bye. Bye. Have some brush, sheepdog. Jump, jump, jump. No, you have to eat it for real life. No. <laughs> 